This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hello, family and friends. I'm Renette Marburg, ready to meet with you on my program, Rise. On this program, we have honest and truthful conversations around family challenges relevant to you. Rise on Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Finding God's truth for a way forward together. Good afternoon, family and friends, and look at this beautiful sunny day that we are uh, having today. And we just want to welcome you to my program called Rise, and it's Renette Marburg on 7 to 9 a.m. And you know that this is the program where we chat about everything that affects the family. And this is a program where we give you hope, guidance, and wisdom and knowledge when real life happens in the family. And we discuss often relevant and often unspoken issues that you don't often hear about and great testimonies in the family in truth and in love. But with God, we can rise to restoration and rise above all and together as a family. And I've got a beautiful uh, uh, guest with me today, and her name is Alta Achenberger. And we are so privileged to have you here today, uh, uh, Alta. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Um, um, yes, I've got so many things to share. Um, around my heart surgery and life after the heart surgery. Yes, so we're going to be talking about heart surgeries and the the path that uh, Alta went through beforehand and then the journey that she experienced afterwards. But we've also got her beautiful sister in the studio. It was a last-minute decision, but it was so worthwhile having you. Thank you so much, Irene. I think it's what you're going to share with us today is also just as important um, on the journey of somebody that has been through what Alta has been through. But first of all, we're going to listen to I Surrender, Peter McCarthy. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me today, Renette Marburg on 7 to 9 a.m. And we have an amazing guest with us today, Alta Achenberger, and, you know, she's this very successful businesswoman, as well as the dire- one of the directors of Beloved. And uh, this is where I got to know her very well and really understood what an amazing, dynamic woman of God she was. But then this happened. Um, Alta, thank you so much for joining us and coming to share your testimony. This is a, a very a, a year-long uh, journey that you've had. So just kind of just tell us how did all this, where did this start? Hello, guests. And, um, you know, Renette, you know, it was, it's, came as a huge shock obviously but when it initially when I felt the first symptoms or felt that something was wrong it was on the 12th of June in lockdown and um, well I didn't really know what was happening to me Um, I was actually the client it was when they just brought us from I think the highest lockdown to a little bit lower so we could do business and that was my first client I saw in the time. And um, on the day that I've actually met her at her house to do some lighting for her, I felt very uncomfortable. Um, I was out of breath. I was 
so red in my face that I thought I can't really go to this client it's because I really I, I did not feel well um, I couldn't breathe and I had to walk very slow but I didn't say anything I was obviously first thinking of COVID because yes, I think that is what comes yes that's what first comes into everybody's mind so I thought I'd better tell my client that that's how I'm feeling and I will let them know if I do have COVID so I left that day and I got back home and then I started sharing with other friends and most of them said to me, no, don't go for a COVID test. First see if you can't just deal with it yourself because your doctor is probably not even going to want to see you, which was the case. Most of our doctors yes, wasn't of, available. Yes, I remember that. So I started using meds for COVID or for flu. I thought maybe I just have flu because I didn't have any of the other symptoms of COVID. And, um, but I started um, sleeping for long hours every day. I just didn't, I did not have the strength to even get up. And um, it was literally, um, I, I, I'd, I had no breath. I um, couldn't walk properly, um, couldn't walk far. And um, for me to go from, from upstairs in my house to downstairs was an effort. Mm -hmm. So I just chose to stay in my bed. And but was there any pain? No, I didn't. I had body pains. But, okay. you know, so, but nothing, no cramps. No heart cramps, mm. no, nothing to indicate that there was actually something wrong with my heart. So I um, just lived through all of that. And um, I obviously people prayed for me, um, not as extensive as later in my journey. But because I didn't share it with many, it was literally my family that knew it's, I mean, even if you're going to have COVID, you don't really want to talk about <laughs> it too much. Let anybody know otherwise. Yes. <laughs> so um, I didn't share it with many people outside my family. Mm -hmm. And it was lockdown. So mm -hmm. everybody was at home in any way. Yeah. And um, I could see the worry in, in my son and husband's faces because I just didn't, I didn't even have the, the strength to just cook them a meal. Martin started doing all of that. And so the one day I was at home and my friend phoned me and she said, listen, I think, um, no, I first, the one day I woke up and I couldn't breathe. And Martin took me to a doctor and he diagnosed high blood pressure, which if you think about the redness I experienced, yes. that's probably you shared came about from, the redness in your yes, face. Came from the high blood pressure. And he actually gave me high blood pressure tablets, which I started, but the next day I was just worse. So my friend came along and she said, Well, let me um let me bring you my blood pressure gadget so that you can at least measure your blood pressure. 
every day and my son stayed with me in the day. He didn't work with his dad anymore because he was too worried and they couldn't leave me by myself. So he literally looked after me. So on the second, yeah, so the, the following, my friend brought it and while she was there, I, I knew I was talking a lot of gibberish. I don't know how to explain it any differently because nothing I said made sense, but I knew it. So that I felt that there was nothing wrong with my brain. I just could not speak properly. It yes. was very incoherent. So and what was, what was the, what was the, happening in in the brain what was it mogginess or was it just um you know it's not like i experienced any pain i just was out of breath but i couldn't speak properly it was almost like i couldn't remember stuff i had no i mean i would speak to you now but then i can't even remember what i've told you just now that's how it yes. was so my friend came and she um jenny and she I could see she was looking at me in a very weird way because mm. it must have been scary for her. Um, for me, I, I knew, I, I just knew something terrible was wrong. So, when, but what I didn't know is when she left, she phoned my husband. Sure. And she said to Martin, you'd better get home a, as soon as you can. Because something very bad is wrong here. And, um, and she obviously told him. So it wasn't long after that that he and Tyron came home. Then Tyron was still, at that specific time, Tyron was working for him still. And they, he was busy with a big project that day. And when they got home, I just wanted to sleep. They woke me up. They wanted to give me food to eat. And I just said, leave me alone. I just want to sleep. And as they were getting me dressed, I actually took all the clothes off again. So I was very stubborn. Mm. I did not want to go anywhere. And they literally forced me. I was clinging onto my staircase. They forced me to the to take me you to see, the hospital. You see, this is what we do, hey? As people, we just don't yes. want to hear. We just entitled denial. Yes, total denial, I'm telling you. And it was raining in Cape Town at that moment. And it was the, the last thing I can remember of that day was going from my front door to my car. And what, the moment they've put me in my car, I can't remember anything. I can't recall them arriving at um, Netcare, Bloberg Netcare Hospital. Nothing. Um, and the next thing from there, they, they, the doctor said that I most likely had a stroke. Okay. And I mean, but I didn't feel anything during the day. So, but that's probably where my speech came from, the incoherent speech. But when, like I said, I was there at, probably for about a few, probably two hours or so waiting for ambulance because we don't have a medical aid and they had to transfer me to Somerset Hospital, which I can't even recall anything of. The, and then the next thing I can remember is when they've put me in the ambulance and 
I can remember the girl in the ambulance was very, very friendly. She just kept on speaking to me. And it was a very bright light in that ambulance. And I can recall it was raining. And they obviously had to speed off with me going to Somerset. And Martin had to stay behind because they wouldn't allow him in. And... But it was bright light for me. And you know what? Today I know that the Holy Spirit was with me. Yes. During that journey. Mm-hmm. And that I was never alone. Wow. And at the same time, what I didn't know was that my sister in Pretoria, Vanita, messaged on a group that I belong to that I'm on my way to Somerset. And my one friend, Leela, messaged her back and she said, you know what? Um, you must remember at this stage, nobody diagnosed me. They didn't know what was really wrong with me. So at this, and then Leela said, while she was praying for me on my way to the hospital, God said to her, she must visit me in her spirit. And she must just um, um, make me calm and give, encourage me not to worry that he's with me all the time. But she said when she, she was with me in her spirit during the time um, that God took her into my brain. She could see my brain. And that he showed her every fiber of my brain and what a mushmash it was. And he said to her, Leela, you need to pray for the brain. Speak to this brain and say that this brain must let the blood flow. And that's what she did. And she says, while she was doing that, and she thought, but Lord, why would you do this now? Because the doctors won't know when they scan Alta's brain that she actually had a brain, that there was, that there was, she really experienced that I did have a stroke. Yes. Um, In her spirit, she experienced that. And she says, she still thought, but Lord, you're doing a miracle here, but the doctors won't know about this miracle and he just smiled to her and like it wasn't important yes that they know that they know yeah Mm -mm. so by the time i arrived at the hospital they couldn't find any trace of a of Uh, of a stroke yes so it was really confusing to them but at the other hospital they were certain i had a stroke okay so um, that's the first time I went to the hospital and I was there for four days. I can remember the one little doctor, the one doctor, young doctor came in and he was busy with heart machines and stuff. But that's the last I remember from that visit to that hospital at the time. And my family couldn't see me and they couldn't speak to me for four oh, days. Oh, that was terrible. Yes. That must have been terrible. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, what, and then when, when did the heart surgery actually take place? Was it? That only came later. Later. After but a that, few times in hospital. But yes, yes. So we, we're going we're gonna to have to chat about that. Uh, you know, that is mm-hmm. very important. You know, actually what happened that led to it because there's a lot of steps that happened in between. Yes. And, um, you know, and again, it's like process after process and that, if it didn't happen, you know, it, if the warning signs weren't adhered to, you might not have had to go that route. But yes. obviously you had to. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I need to just 
remind people how important it is for you to listen to your body. Yes. Um, you know, when I listen to, to Alta's story is that, uh, you know, the stubbornness comes in. She's a strong, very strong, if you know her. She's a very strong person. She's up and going and on the go, busy, 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 as if they're a busy family, active um, and outgoing. And then you come to a point and you say, suddenly, but something's changed. And uh, But yet your own personality and your own stubbornness mm. comes forth. And we end up not wanting to admit to where we're at at that time. Because, I mean, you're 50 and you, and you think to yourself, is this what life, you know, should I be feeling like this? And obviously with the COVID, we're also very fearful at the moment to even go this route. But, you know, we're going to, I really want you to share that, yes. you know, the heart surgery pr process. Um, after we've listened to this amazing track, I mean, just it's just amazing how we got this beautiful song coming up now. It's called Glory Days by Jason Gray. Good afternoon and thank you for joining me this afternoon. We have had such an incredible guest here today and we had such a privilege listening to her amazing journey of her life uh, before heart surgery and after heart surgery. We've got Alta Achenberger in, our, in the studio with me today and um, we just want to encourage you, if you need to know any information about our programs or any information, I'd love to encourage you to WhatsApp us on 082-729-1657. SMS is 37988. Telegram 081-729-1657. If you want to communicate with us or reach out to us or need any form of counseling, our counseling line is 21 917 Seven double O O. So I just want to encourage you just to communicate with us. But thank you so much for joining us again, Alta. It's been an incredible testimony that you have, and um, thank you for being so transparent and brave enough to come and tell us all about it. So just continue now. You said just before the uh, you know before we had had to break um, that you didn't know what was happening, and then you got to the hospital, and then what what was the what was the journey after that, after for the four days that you spent, and what did they discover? Okay, um, I went home after the four days, and I felt a little bit better because then I was on medication. Don't ask me what it was at that stage because um, I can't remember my, much about that. My husband took over all chores, all of everything, because I could do absolutely nothing. Sure. So, um, and on the 20th of July, I landed back in the hospital. At half past two in the morning, I woke Martin and I couldn't breathe. So I went back and they once again identified high blood pressure and that. But nobody at that stage, it, my heart thing still didn't really surface. So, and after that journey, it's too many things, but after that journey, uh, in that hospital at that time, uh, many people was praying for me uh, from everywhere, for groups that was formed by family members, family members that prayed for me. So, and I, and, and I wasn't even, um, I didn't even know about it. That's the worst. But uh, thank goodness I do have very faithful friends and family to pray for me. So important. Yes. So, because you can't walk this journey without God. Really, I'm, Amy. you know, 
I've just realized that there's so more to life after I've been through all of this. Um, money is not important. There's many things that's not important but your health. Your health is so important and you need to listen to your body. You need to act to what your body is telling you. And don't ignore small things. Rather go and see a doctor. Because if I if I wasn't forced to go to the hospital the first time, I probably would still, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't be here. Probably I wouldn't be here. Yes. So then I went back home and it just became, I became worse. And um, Claire was... My sister's daughter-in-law said to me, Alta, I feel that the Lord says I must take you for a second opinion. So I went for a second opinion and um, all costs covered by her. And it was really, um, um, I was so grateful for that. Yes. Um, so then there was a doctor um, that I saw at medic. Um, not many clinic at at one of these clinics, and he 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 had um, atrial fibrillation himself, so he identified it very quickly. Wow! And that's um, he said I was in stage one heart failure at that stage. So and that's where all the water came from in my lungs. That they thought I actually had um, pneumonia was actually from my heart failure. That the water formed around my lungs. I'm not a doc medical doctor, so I'm just giving it the to you. The layman's terms? Yes, all, as all I good. am. We can, yeah. we can deal with that. As I experienced it. Mm -hmm. So, and he referred me to a heart surgeon, a heart doctor, a heart specialist at Netcare. And when I went there, she realized that this woman's, uh, it was like I had Alzheimer's that day. Irene went with they were very worried. Maybe Irene can tell you a little bit about that day. That would be great. Because I'm not, um, I can't remember anything of that day. I just know I didn't want to go back to the hospital. That was all. Yeah. Okay, Irene, I've, you know, we've got Irene in the in the studio with us as well as her sister. And she's just going to quickly share about what happened with her as far as um getting this news, you know, and what actually transpired as a, as a sister. So, Irene, thank you so much for joining us as well. I know it was on the spur of the moment, but it was, it's so necessary to see what happens with the family as well. When, you know, how do you come alongside somebody when you get the news? It's obviously a shock. And then what do you do then from there? So maybe you can just share that little bit of that journey as well. Yes. Good morning, Renette and all your listeners. Um, it was a shock. Initially, with Alta referring to the memory loss, mm -hmm. and that was caused by the uh, AFib, they call it. Yes. Yeah, fibrillation. Yeah. So, um, and the, the first time I had to deal with it was when her, her son actually called me and said, they don't know what to do with it. Anyway, yes. And I said, just take it to Bloberg or the nearest hospital. That was the first time Alta went. Anyhow, to make a long story short, um, yeah, it, you don't, we didn't know what was going on with her until she was really diagnosed. Yes. And um, initially, well, I myself, <laughs> um, 
before that we were already all of us praying for her and I'm thankful for connections, life groups, um, people in your life, um, family that prayed as Alta said. And, and um, those are actually your prayer warriors that actually take everything to the courtrooms of heaven. Everything. For, on your behalf. And that is where your angels, these are like angels. Definitely. Your prayer partners are mm. like yeah. angels. And we don't realize that we think, oh, yes, if we pray, pray, pray. But we don't believe the power of prayer. Mm. Definitely. And, <clears throat> of course, altars, special, uh, yeah, so many friends that helped and supported and myself um, well in this, I always say with this life there's hope yes. and yeah so I just took it day by day and, and, yeah, and walked through it, where supported you can. where you could and of course her husband and son were amazing that they I must say were amazing they were yeah, very precious. Thank you so much for standing by with her, and thank you for ushering her and helping her um, to be here with us today. So, Alta, um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, I just want you, you know, later on, just the last session of our program, just to really encourage. I loved what you were saying about the relevancy of things today. What you are sweating about, you know, what is what is important. You know, I want us just to get an idea of what is what. Uh, how do we navigate ourselves when something so traumatic has happened? And how is the healing process? And how are you trusting God in this time, you know, to, to get you out? Because obviously everything has shifted. Your business has shifted. Your personal life, your activity levels has shifted. So um, we're going to listen to Great Things by Don Moon. And then we're going to chat about this part of the, the journey, which mm. I think is very important for anybody facing something really traumatic um, you know we're all facing different kinds of challenges you know of health challenges at the moment and um, COVID uh, and COVID is leading to all these kind of after effects as well so I just would love you just to share that last bit of uh, the you know of what does it look like um, this journey afterwards and how you are how you coped up until now so and we but we first we're going to listen to this uh my, one of my favorites don moon great things thank you family and friends for joining me and we have alta achenberger in our studios today we had the privilege of hearing her amazing testimony of heart surgery so alta uh before the break what did, you know you were sharing with us about the journey up until the, the heart operation what happened after that? Okay, um, Renette, I just need to mention um, before before the heart operation, I had to go. Kritiski phoned me and they said I need to come. I thought I was just going to go for the for the shock that they do. It's like um, it's what they call um, cardio evasion um, to shock your heart back into rhythm. So, because you must remember, that's what I thought I had, atrial fibrillation. Mm -hmm. that's, um, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a quick thing. I'm going to go in there. They're going to do it, and I'm going to be out of there. But what a shock. When I actually went for the appointment, there was a very a, a heart specialist, and he said, no, ma'am, it's not that simple. We first need to see where your problem comes from. 
before we can just do procedures on you. So, and he did ask me many questions and it came up that I had, remember I had rheumatic fever as a child. Very important it, yes, point that. Yes. And the thing is, in my, in our generation, the, the, it was a common thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I mentioned that to him, he said, you know what, that's probably where it comes from. So then I had to go for a for a sonar, a heart sonar, um, where they can literally see inside your heart. It's almost like when you would go for an MRI scan yes. for your brain. And, um, or just, yeah. So the shock came then that one of my valves didn't work at all. My other valve was because of the strain from taking, um, from working harder because of the valve not working um that they then said to me well we've got no choice but to replace your your valve and to repair the other valve at the same time um so you need open heart surgery now that was a shock i can only imagine so i mean i didn't expect it i think my family didn't expect it and but that just shows you, I mean, I, I've been to so many doctors along the way. Don't give up. You need to see the right kind of specialist or the right kind of person. And you know what? If you don't have a medical aid, go to a, a, a government facility. I've had the best treatment in that hospital. You were saying that. that Such I good news, I, that. I, I, it, was, it's, it was just beautiful, friendly staff. The doctors were brilliant. They're the, some of the best doctors are there because it's, a, um, remember, it, that's part of UCT, um, um, so medical school. So the, they all, all those doctors get trained there. And um, I was really, uh, I was privileged that um, I first went for angiogram a few weeks before my operation um, where they actually had to look if all my arteries were fine and they, there's so many things they consider so you need to listen to your body and then I was I still send a, a message to the group on my family group and some of the prayer groups and I said please pray with me that I can be operated within two weeks no, don't ask me where the two weeks came from in my because, head. But because, because, I mean, that doesn't just happen overnight. Because, Those kind of operations yeah. are months. And it was, and it, the times. thing is, it was in COVID. Mm -hmm. They, they were not being only big, taking, they weren't doing big no, procedures. No, no, it was only in emergencies that they really did anything. So I was really blessed. By the on the eleventh of November, I was operated on, and it was an eight-hour operation. Emotionally, they stop your heart, literally. It's, it's a big thing. It's, it's not a small operation. Yes. Look, most people survive that operation. I must say, I think 90% survive that mm -hmm. operation. So you don't need to be scared of it. And all along this time, I was never afraid. I never had any fear in whatever happened to me. I don't know. It could have only been the Holy Spirit. That yes. I knew and everybody's prayers. Because Amen. my family was 
really going through a hard time with all of it because they couldn't see me. But I personally had no fear for the operation itself. And I know because I prayed for those doctors beforehand. I knew Jesus would take the would would take the lead in in all of, of that. And it was the eight hour operation, four days in ICU afterwards. And then I had a little bit of a thing with my with water on my lungs, but then eventually I was released. I was in the hospital about a month. Um, f- after That's quite a while. Yeah, that was not supposed to be so long, but because of the water on my lungs, they had to, because then they realized I still had symptoms of atrial fibrillation, even after my operation. But that didn't discourage me. I know that is treatable. So... Um, yeah, now I just pray for COVID to stop so that I can actually be treated for arterial fibrillation. <laughs> okay, so how would you encourage people to to look at life right now um, after something like this has happened? You know what? Um, God's in control. Doesn't matter what. So doesn't matter how bad things look. Um, we need to stay positive and you don't, shouldn't look what's going on around you or what's happening in your own life, in your own business. I mean, if I had to look at those things at the moment, because my business is not where it needs to be yet, but I know, but God. Because he brought you through something so traumatic. Exactly. And he, and he, and he, so he was so, you were such an incredible testimony. So you know that God will deal with all that for you. Yes. Because he's a big God. He's bigger than any mountain that we face. Amen. Amen. So, and you know, I just need to mention that in lockdown, the first day of lockdown, I've put a reminder on my phone to pray Psalm 91 over my family every day since the first, the 23rd of March when lockdown came. Today, I know why I had to pray it. Because you were going to go through this. Yes. And Amen. today I also know, and it's still on my phone. In fact, when your program started, my phone actually was off. <laughs> went I had to off. Put it down. Okay. You, so um, yes, um, and Psalm twenty-three, he he walks this way, this path alongside you. Amen. And funny enough, I actually chose that verse. Um, for for this for today, you know, I think to myself that is is in such an incredible uh, verse where the Lord just says to us, you know, that uh, in Psalm it's twenty three verse four, I think, where He walks through the valley of shadow of death with us, and you literally walked through the valley of shadow of death, and He said it does. You know, it doesn't mean that he's taking us out of it. Mm-mm. He walks with us. He says, and I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Oh, my goodness. Is that not an incredible thing? Anybody facing anything major out there right now, you know, this is verses that we can really resonate and take on to mm. ourselves and you know the fact that you were already prepared the 23 already with COVID starting the Lord went with you in this and yes. that is why you're sitting with us today giving all glory to him bringing you through all of this and being able to share that God can take you through anything traumatic anything, like this anything and if he can bring you through that he can bring you through anything Alter, thank you 
so much for sharing your amazing testimony. It was so encouraging for, 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 for me, you know, and I know how to uh, navigate and, and encourage people. God will be with you in this. Yes. So Amen. listeners, I just want to say thank you for joining us and thank you, Irene, for coming as support and it was such a, such a blessing having you in the studio with us as well. So we just want to say goodbye and family and friends, just look after yourself, listen to your bodies um, and go and find that second opinion if you're not happy with what you're hearing. Mm. Um, you know, COVID is confusing everybody's diagnosis and all that type of thing. If there's anything else that you're facing, just know that God is with you and that you can trust him in this time, no matter what the effect, uh, whatever it affects your business, finances, whatever major tr- uh, mountain is in front of you. God yes. is with you. So I just want to say goodbye and thank you for joining me today. And may you keep safe, stick to the rules and look after yourselves. And we'll see you next week. But we're going to end up with Charlene, da- Charlene David's Stand. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.